0: This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Hallelujah. Well, it's great to be here today. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me take this time to appreciate mom and dad for being such a blessing to. Louisa and I, you know, all the years that we have been under your covering, that we have been, you have uh, uh, birthed us in ministry, it has been wonderful. We are what we are today because of what we have learned from you. And it does not matter how close we come, we, be, uh, we come to both of you, we always respect and honor Because we don't want the spirit of familiarity to overcome us. And we lose the anointing and the purpose of God about our lives. And so that is why we'll always continue to honor you. You know, we make it a point, we made it a point that we will always, you know, we'll not come empty-handed before you because we honor the anointing upon your life. And there is no message that you will ever preach that we will not listen to. And, you know, that is what has made us who we are today and what God has done through our lives. And so I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much. And may the good Lord richly bless you. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. Hallelujah. We may be seated. Thank you. Well... I have to have you seated because uh, there are people troubling me at the back there. Where are the God's tabernacle? All the Limpopians, and we appreciate you. God bless you. Thank you so much. You have been here the whole week, and so we really appreciate you for, you know, uh, the great... For, for the great conference that you're enjoying, hallelujah. Now, uh, I wrote a book, The New Testament Believer. If you are saved and you haven't read this book, I uh, question yourself. I mean, uh, you need to read it. <laughs> uh, you know, this is a very good book as a New Testament, what you need, how you need to live a victorious life. You know, and Pastor Luisa wrote another book, a book, A Call at Your Gate. Powerful, great book that I want to recommend to all of you. Now, Apostle Theo will be signing books in the bookshop after the service. And, you know, right he will be inside, but right at the door. That's where I'm putting my table. And I will be signing books. And you know, the Bible says, John 14 says that I am the door. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so, you know, uh, so just get ready. There's no one who can go through you know except through me so i will be signing you know uh, both books and then you know the bible continue to say that in my father's house there are many books many mentions you know and so uh, but there is only one door you know even though there are many it's only one door and you see it's 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 a it's a double door it's a french to give you full access, you know, to the Father's uh, books. So after the service, please get yourself a book, you know, and the Lord will bless you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, I have been praying two prayers since I knew that I was going to speak. The first prayer was English. Please be nice to me today. I know that you're still mourning the queen. But don't bother. Chalice is still there. The second prayer has been, Oh, you look, son of switchwatch, Have mercy upon me. Let us pray. Father, we thank you right now for your word. Even as we go into your word, we thank you that you will minister unto us through your spirit. I make it known to your children that I'm not trusting on my own human intellect, but I'm depending upon you, Spirit of God, to speak for the word with power and with anointing. And Lord, I promise to give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor for all that you will do and accomplish through your word this afternoon. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Today I want to talk on the subject, let the gospel advance. Now, we are looking at the writings of Luke in both the gospel according to Luke and also the book of Acts. You know, Luke was writing probably to a prominent rich person of great influence called Theophilus. Theophilus had just been saved. Now, both books are telling us the same narrative. But first, it's about the Lord Jesus Christ, and second, it's about the apostles and the disciples it would be better to understand them as two volumes of the same book. Now, both books were written with the same message. There are a lot of similarities in both Luke and Acts. You know, like the casting of lots, the appearing of angels, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so forth. Time will not allow to uh, share with you a lot of similarities in both books. Now, in the gospel, Luke is telling how the gospel advanced under the earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the book of Luke, in the book of Acts, Luke is telling how the gospel advanced under the ministry of Jesus' disciples. Now, both these writings were and are still orderly accounts of events. I will come uh, back to that. Now, this means that Luke was particular and he was deliberate in his writing. Now, let us first start looking at the book of Luke in Luke chapter 1 from verse 1. He says here, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word had delivered them to us, It seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. Now, an orderly account means that Luke was not only narrating what happened, but he was deliberately teaching There was theology in his writing. Now, in the Passion Translation, listen to this. This is what it says in verse 3. It says, But now I am passing on to you this accurate compilation of my own meticulous investigations based on numerous eyewitnesses, interviews, and through research of the story of his life. So with this information, one can conclude that even though his writings were historical narratives, his intention was didactic. Now, verse 4 says that you may certainly, so, so that, that you may have certainty, Concerning the things that you have been taught. In both volumes, Luke is emphasizing the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You know, Apostle Nicky just shared about the presence of the Lord. So I just want to continue from where he left off as we look into uh, these two books. So he's emphasizing here the ministry of the Holy Spirit. But the way he starts... It's so much great. He is first connecting the last two verses of the last chapter of Malachi to the arrival of John the Baptist, who was a foreigner to Jesus. Now, the last words in the Old Testament were the promise of the coming of Elijah. So what is Luke's doing He's going back to the closing statements of the Old Testament. And now he's taking from that position. Then we know that at the end of Malachi, that there were 400 years of silence, you know, where God was not speaking, where there was no prophecy, no spiritual working, or the like. It was just quiet. There was no move of the Holy Spirit for over 400 years. And so now look, he's connecting. He says that this, uh, f- the last time we heard of the Holy Spirit uh, and he prophesied that the Messiah will come, what I am telling you is connecting to that. And we read now in Malachi chapter 4, the last two verses, verse 5 and verse 6, He says, Behold... I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord uh, comes. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. So then look shows that John the Baptist was Elijah that Malachi prophesied him. He says in Luke chapter 1 from verse 13, But the angel said to him, to Zechariah that is, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. You shall call his name John and you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great before the lord and he must not drink wine or strong drink and he will be filled with the holy spirit even from his mother's womb so we see here that john that luke is introducing the waking of the holy spirit in his writing and he says that, verse 16, And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers to their children. There it is. And the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So Luke supports his argument of the ministry of the Holy Spirit by showing the activities of angels to both Zachariah and uh, to Mary. The miracle of, the, of Zachariah being dumb and speaking again by the Holy Spirit. We read still in Luke 1 verse 67, says, and his father Zachariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. I want you to note how many times Luke is emphasizing the Holy Spirit working in the lives of these people? And we see also in the supernatural conception of John the Baptist in verse 15 of still Luke 1, it says, For he will be great before the Lord. He must not drink wine or strong drink. Why? He says he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And then we see Elizabeth being filled with the Holy Spirit in verse 41. And when Elizabeth had the great greetings of Mary, the baby lived in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So Mary, we see also Mary uh, now beginning to sing a spiritual song. And remember, this was unheard of for 400 years. This had never happened in the last 400 years. And so Luke is saying here that this is the waking of the Holy Spirit. And we continue to see that Zechariah being filled with the Holy Spirit, he began to prophesy. And Luke continued to show the waking of the Holy Spirit also in the birth of Jesus. In verse 35 he says, And the angels answered, yeah, you know, talking to Mary. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. But he says here that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. you know? And so we continue to see here the angels appearing to the shepherds and guiding them to Bethlehem, where Jesus was born. And we see also Simeon, who was filled with the Holy Spirit, prophesied on the baby Jesus. In Luke chapter 2, verse 25 to 27, we read, Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law. So we see here that he was driven by the Holy Spirit. Then we continue to see prophetess Anna filled with the Holy Spirit, confirming that Jesus is the Messiah they were waiting for. And at the age of 12, Jesus expounding on the scriptures that baffled the teachers of the day. And we see Jesus being launched into ministry by the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 4, verse 1, it says, And Jesus, full of the Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. So we see here that the ministry of Jesus was the ministry by the power of the Holy Spirit. That Luke was showing that the gospel is advancing by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, and, and he's emphasizing then that what is happening here is the waking of the Holy Spirit. Now, there are two scriptures that are in synoptic, uh, you know, gospel, in, and, 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 but I want you to notice this, that... While Matthew wrote in Matthew 7, verse 11, he says, If you then, who are evil, know how to give give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So he's talking about things. But look at what Luke says in the book of Luke, chapter 11, verse 13. He says, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give? Give who? The Holy Spirit to those who ask. Yeah. So while Matthew says in Matthew 10 verse 19, when they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. But Luke says in Luke chapter 12, verse 11, And when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say, for who the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you are to say. So Luke was saying that it's about the Holy Spirit. You know, and he was deliberately teaching Theophilus about the working of the Holy Spirit. So both Luke and Acts are not only narratives, but uh, meaning that they are not just telling stories, but they are also didactics. They are also teaching. They are intended for instructions. They are teaching that the gospel advanced by the working of the Holy Spirit. And that is why in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says here how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. It was the working of the Holy Spirit. See. So when Luke writes his second volume in Acts, he is showing how the same Holy Spirit continued to work now in the lives of disciples. We see in Acts chapter 1, verse 1, he says, In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to teach until the day when he was taken up am- After he had given command through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit many days from now. So the disciples were not to start ministry without the Holy Spirit. Their focus was to be on the waking of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And he says this in Acts chapter 1, verse six. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know time, or so season, that the father is fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So, the ministry by the disciples were launched by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So in Acts chapter 1 verse 2, we know the story when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place and suddenly there came from heaven sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So from there, you know, Luke, he is now showing the progressive and advancement of the gospel to the rest of the world because of the Holy Spirit. See, there is a thread of advancement that Luke is showing in the book of Acts. And we see this, he's taking this from what he wrote in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, when he said, Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So I want to give you nine scriptures in the book of Acts that are showing the thread that is running through the whole book of Acts. The first one is it's in Acts chapter 2, verse 41. He says, So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. He's saying that this happened because of the Holy Spirit working in their lives. And in Acts chapter 2, number 2, it says, Acts 4, verse 4, it says, But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of men came to be about 5,000. So there is an increase right then. In Acts chapter 6, verse 7, that's the third scripture, he says, And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and the great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. And the fourth one is Acts chapter 9, verse 31. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up, working in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. The fifth one in Acts chapter 11, verse 21. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed, turned to the Lord. In the sixth one, Acts chapter 12, verse 24, but the word of God increased and multiplied. And number seven, Acts chapter 16, verse 5, but the word of God, He says, "Uh, so the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. The eighth one is Acts chapter 19, verse 20, so the word of the Lord continued to increase, and prevail mightily you know and the last one is the last uh, two verses in Acts chapter 28 verse 30 and 31 it says and he that is Paul live there that is in his rented house two whole years at his own expense and welcome all who came to him listen proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with boldness without hindrance So what Luke is saying here is that because of the Holy Spirit, we see the church advancing. Even though there were many obstacles, there were many challenges, but the church prevailed because of the working of the Holy Spirit. As Jesus increased in stature and wisdom and favor of the Lord, the church increased in stature and wisdom In favor of the Lord. Now, the same Holy Spirit who worked in both Luke and Acts has not left, but is still with us today. And Luke is teaching about the Holy Spirit in both pragmatic and also normative ways. Way that this is to be ha- to happen, and this is how the believers are to follow what happened in Luke and also what happened in the book of Acts. Luke was setting precedent of all believers to follow. If we are to advance His kingdom, it will be by the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot make it without the Holy Spirit. We will not survive without depending on the Holy Spirit. The gospel has expanded at the close of Luke, it's expanded at the close of Acts, you know, from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the rest of the world. Now, when we get to heaven, you know, we will be telling Luke that, you know what, Luke, you died too early. Had you lived on, you would have seen legs growing out, and you would be writing about that. You know, why? Because it is the Holy Spirit who is working. Hallelujah. You know, so the gospel, we see also that it expanded in Europe, in Asia, in Africa, in America, in Australia, and everywhere. And I want to uh, submit to you that this gospel, because of the Holy Spirit in your life, will continue to expand to your country, to your city, to your town, to your village, to your community, and to your street. You know, we sing a song, "Baribai Chiba Yatsamaya so meaning that you try to stop this gospel, but it's unstoppable. It is continuing. It is uh, increasing. You cannot put a lead on it. It will continue to increase. It will touch your families. It will touch your friends. It will touch your fools. So we are to trust and depend upon the Holy Spirit to do the work of God. He has a plan for every one of us. It is a good plan. The Holy Spirit knows what it's needed in every situation. So my plea to us is that let us work with Him to bring about the plan of God in our lives in Jesus name. dot com.